Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings your Garage Logic podcast number 704. September 29, 2021, 89 degrees was the record high on this day. That happened in 1897. It was 27 degrees on this day in 1945. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I'm so excited about this commercial, I want to discuss it right off the bat. You are excited. It's posted to... uh... What is it posted to? The various Garage Logic social media channels. What would those be, for Twitter, example? Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. Right. Uh, I got this note from uh, Carl Bear down in Northfield. Can you imagine the red tape permits and costs to pull off this commercial? Not to mention the problems of clearing all those streets and roads. Here's a link to a Shell commercial shown in Europe. Ostensibly, they're selling petrol, but the cars used in the video steal the show. Ferrari pulled several of their race cars from various ages out of storage, flew them around the world, and filmed them running through the streets of Rome, Rio, New York, Hong Kong, Honolulu, and Monaco. No computer graphics. These are the original cars on the original streets. The best part is the sound from the basso profundo notes of the early front engine era. Each scene cuts to a later generation, ending with the wail of a modern F1 car. Even if you're not a gearhead, this video will stir the soul. Agreed. They're just something about three liters and 14,000 RPMs. It is a thrill ride. Let's give her a little sample, well, shall it, we? It won't really work on the on the podcast, but go ahead and give it a try. Works. Oh, it works. <laughs> it works. That works. Ooh, chills. Ooh. And you're seeing these cars racing through streets in some of the most the memorable scenes you'll ever see. Oh, up see. against the wall. Yes. Cool. The turn he takes in Times Square. Why did you yeah. kill it? Yeah, Why did you go. kill I'm it? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. What's wrong with you? <laughs> even, even the old helmets, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, in-car cam. Oh. 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 oh, oh, give me a nitro pill, Kenny. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh Monza. Oh, play it till you hear the guy. Play it all the way through. All right. I want to hear that. Oh, you do? What we've learned from our shared passion on the track, we've put on the road. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh, my God. Refuel for the road. Do you know what I think about when I, when I heard that? What a ray that, of hope. Oh. This should have been the caption at the end. 
you realize, running, baby. Yeah, you realize if that ran in this country, can you imagine the hue and cry from the... Oh, man. I almost said a bad word. There. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that something? I, I wanted to tell GLers about it so you too can see it. It's just a triple... Triple wow! The line is the most. The, the line that you had is the most accurate. Even if you're not a gearhead, which is you know me. That's what yeah. Carl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I am a gearhead, and that's uh, that tickled my fancy. Over under the three of us get to bed, and how many times Kenny watches that video today? <laughs> I'm setting it at eleven and a half right he's, now. He's already watching he's it continuously. Out, <laughs> he's been tuning us out the rest of the show. <laughs> Kenny, pay attention. Um. Show's over, GL. Let's talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> it, e- it equals anything you've seen in any great movie that features racing cars. I mean, it was filmed. Yeah. I so think it was filmed with camera, film cameras. Oh, was there, like Carl said, there's no computer. This is the real deal. Right. Yeah. See, I got a great gift from uh, B.T. Schaub. He writes, Mayor, I'm no longer... I no longer collect items or memorabilia, but I do have an appreciation for those who do. So when I travel and see a unique item that may be welcomed by a friend for their collection, I make the purchase. I once purchased a few bottles of Bulgarian wine while in Sofia, giving one to a friend for his cash at the Golden Valley Country Club. Having tried a bottle beforehand, he was advised to either let it breathe for six months before drinking it or merely use it as a conversation piece because of the acrylic writing. It was that bad. Turkish teacups from Istanbul from one for, for one friend and Omani Kanjar dagger from Muscat for another. You get the idea. Okay, I kept the dagger for myself. Stuff that is not expensive but an unusual addition that may stand out in a collection. I have a friend near my cabin in Hayward who collects vinyl LP records. He has close to a thousand. One year in Russia, while in an open air, fl- open air flea market, I noticed a '60s album of the greatest pop hits from Soviet satellite countries. <laughs> After all, who could resist a- an es- Estonian singer Uno Loops rendition of Loke Prias? I was assured by the seller that I could get twice my one-dollar investment back on eBay in a matter of years. <laughs> it was a trip where I found the Nikki Khrushchev flashlight that you now possess. He's the guy who sent me the flashlight that you have to squeeze to oh, make the yeah. bulb work. Yeah. Another year, I purchased a 1966 American Folk Blues Festival album made in East Germany. I'm sure my friend routinely listens to Little Brother Montgomery singing I Keep Drinking and Junior Wells' version of Shekin' on My Baby. The Yuri Gagarin flashlight you received was at a kiosk close by. This year may be my last visit to the Urals, trekking through fields and swamps trying to locate clandestine graves of royal martyred saints and the grave of the last unofficial czar of Russia can beat up an old body after a while. So enjoy what may be the last addition to your collection that originates from Soviet Russia. I hope it brings you as much amusement receiving it as it did me bartering with a 90-year-old Russian grandmother on obtaining it. <laughs> B.T. Shub, good luck. And then he explains what this is. It's a 1980 Moscow Olympics flashlight. Uh, he cool. got it at the metal market in Perm, Russia. And then he goes on to explain it. And then there he, he sent photographs, too, presumably of the shops he visits in Russia. And uh, this dear fellow is plastering GL podcast stickers. <laughs> Over Russia. You're kidding me. <laughs> oh. There's one in a men's room. And here's Let me one. see that. <laughs> That's awesome. Is there any way we can post that? And, We've got to and post here's that. a gal. Here's a gal. Here's a gal. Uh, looks like maybe at a, a tavern, and he's handed her one. She's holding it for a picture. Wow. So I'm going to show you guys. Look at look at this thing. 
Can you see it? Here, um, I'll take the... Oh, oh. Jesus. Oh, Whoops. What, what did you just do, dummy? Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Wait, is, is this is Russian made. <laughs> I took the, ba- the the plastic housing broke. See, here's oh a God. here's a where do I show oh. this piece of this housing fell off and this might have been neat to operate, but I maybe you could still operate it without the. Hey, Fred, will only call the hotline. What, we what? need some parts. I need parts. This, uh, this does, it looks like it holds two D batteries, but that's it's kind of gone well, now. I, you know, I didn't mean to do that. You, you uh, get that fixed. I'm gonna watch this uh, commercial. <laughs> well, thank you, BT. Yeah, BT. Thanks for the flashlight. Yeah, Joe, I, I've got a great idea. I've been in this business for a long, long time. I think I've got a head full of really, really good production ideas. Let's just have this play during the entire show today. <laughs> It'll be like we're at an F1 oh, race. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Come on. No, we can't play it during the whole show. But I guarantee you, I've already forwarded it to many people, and I'll be watching it many times. Uh, it's that good. BT, yeah. thank you very much for the, uh, the I'm gift. I'm sorry, man. It we're, just uh, fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it just dissolved. It still, it still could be viewed as, a, as an item. Well, I don't. You, you can know, still fix it. These commies, man, they don't you know how to make bleep. So was that a would that have been a giveaway at the uh, Well no, it was from Russia. <laughs> but it has the Olympic logo on the side. It does? Yeah, didn't you see that? Did that did that break? I see it when you dropped did it. That <laughs> <break>? <laughs> it says a nineteen eighty um, Moscow Olympics flashlight. Yeah. The metal market in Perm, Russia requires a visit every year. Name because of the dozens of open air kiosks and peddlers laying out their steel and ironware on the open asphalt of the parking lot. Hundreds of rusted wrenches, axe heads, and chains are intermixed with used shoes, Soviet-era medals, vinyl records, and old military equipment and uniforms. The smell of lamb and pork shish kebab hangs in the air as peddlers group around small, handmade barbecue grills prepping their lunch. Sharing their beer, kvass, and vodka complete the daily socialization ritual between peddlers. Working on a trifecta of historical flashlights from the CCCP for the Flashlight King, I came across one that was most intriguing. A flashlight from the 1980 Moscow Summer Olympics. The official Moscow, uh, the official Olympic symbol is still present next to the stamp made in... That's the part that fell off. Added to its authenticity, a crack in the base. Oh, it was cracked when he bought it. All right, I didn't break it. A crack in the base did not diminish my interest. I deduce that this may be the only one in the USA if purchased. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really, really cool. That is fantastic. Do you guys realize I had my plane ticket and everything to go to Moscow in 1980? And then uh, Carter yanked us from from the games, and I never went. Sounds like this guy goes to Russia a lot. Yeah. With a lot of stickers. Where's he getting them all from? <laughs> uh, Maybe he's a big schoonover guy. Went up to Mike's and then grabbed a bunch of I'm them. I'm having a mental blank. One of my favorite novels is set uh, partly in Russia. Child. 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 No, no, no. Even prior to that one. Even prior to that one. Uh, by Tony Hind. Anthony Hind. Mm. The Red Fox. The Red Fox. I reread it mm. about every two years. Big dummy. It starts off in uh, <laughs> starts off in uh, Virginia and goes to Canada and goes to London and goes to Moscow and then up into the 
You Euros. so ugly. No, it's not that red fox. <laughs> You've got Coming to, to join you. <laughs> Spelled differently. Uh, Spelled differently. Well, you There's wouldn't be X's. experiencing any uh, barbecuing like that if we were using Grunt, Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats. Right. That's right. And you have declared a meatloaf warning. That could take place at any Uh-oh. time. Any moment now. Uh, because it that's the best be grilling today. food uh, in, in the world. Uh, it would put the Russians to shame, I'm afraid. It's all available at the original Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in downtown, I'm I'm not downtown Hugo, just north of Hugo on Highway 61, and the new Grunhofer's location on Highway 97, just east of 35E in Forest Lake. Uh, Tremendous meatloafs, the 139 flavors of brats, the Wagyu steaks and burgers, you name it. Grunhofer's has it. Uh, If you have any questions about recipes or how to prepare anything, they'll be glad to help you. It's been a really wonderful discovery of the GLers. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Hey, Garage Logic would like to welcome Kahuna Window Cleaning and Seasonal Services to the podcast. Andy and his crew at Kahuna take care of all the stuff around your house that you really hate doing. Window cleaning, gutter cleaning, pressure washing, roof washing. They will even put up, take down, and store your holiday lights. They service the entire metro area from North Branch to Norwood, Young America. Kahuna is also a veteran-owned company and honored to be recommended by Trust Vets. Throughout the entire month of September, they have a great special on soft washing just for GLers. If you look under your eaves on the north side of your house you'll probably see some gray dirt it's actually algae it can grow anywhere siding patio patio furniture deck and even on your roof the proper way to clean this is usually not with water pressure kahuna's soft wash method uses low pressure water with a mixture of algicide to kill the algae so it stays clean longer and doesn't damage your house right now for glers only pricing for house washing packages start at just 299 dollars this special will only run through the month of september head to kahunawindowcleaning.com to schedule a washing. Make sure that you ask for the GL special. kahunawindowcleaning.com Oh, this guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Big Back Yard. Cool. Love hearing them. Say, so I didn't get in trouble. I went public with a rumor I heard uh, over the weekend, so I'm going to I'm going to keep touting it until uh, they tell me to cease and desist or until it comes true. The rumor is uh, that Maple Grove Lock and Safe might be having an open house the end of next week. The uh, location, the new location there in Maple Grove, 6901 East Fish Lake Road, maplegrovelockandsafe.com on the web, along with American Security Safes. Rich, the owner, oop, burp there. Sorry, Rich. I'm going to charge you anyway. Uh, he sells the world-famous Liberty Safe. It's made right here in the United States. Uh, he's been at it for over 30 years, uh, offering residential and commercial lock safe security services. Uh, your satisfaction is only goal. I know you've heard that before, but I, you're going to go in there with a head of steam. You're going to want to spend $50 million on a safe, and instead of sending you out the door with that $50 million safe, he's going to talk you off the ledge. He's going to find out what you really need, what your wants, needs, desires are, and then he's going to save you a ton of money and send you home with a safe that works perfectly for your situation. Uh, again, 6901 East Fish Lake Road. See what Rich can do for you. And then hop on the website, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Oh, and stay tuned right here to the GL Podcast for more news of an open house coming next week. Brooklyn Center on Tuesday took its first step. That's a northern suburb, first ring, I believe that would be called, 
Brooklyn Center on Tuesday took its first step in reforming public safety by instructing police officers to release offenders they cite for low-level crimes and take them into custody only when the law requires them to do so. Under the new citation and release policy, officers can issue a citation for misdemeanor and gross misdemeanor offenses and then let the person go. The policy requires officers to attempt to de-escalate situations and try alternatives to avoid taking people into custody and to document in writing all efforts taken before placing a person under arrest. Let me stop right there. Wouldn't it be the whoever you stopped that would be the escalator? So I guess it's up to the police then to calm you down. Oh, you know what? I hadn't even thought of that. Today right. we are taking another step forward in our collective work to reimagine public safety. In Brooklyn Center, said Mayor Mike Elliott, this step moves us closer to ensuring there is more equity in how we conduct public safety. Oh, uh, Your Honor, very quickly. Yeah. May we motion to add reimagine to the foghorn? It, it really should be. It's horrible. Yeah. Okay. It's horrible. Thank you. The idea is for officers to explore alternatives to avoid creating a criminal record. Wow. Said city attorney Troy Gilchrist. You know what's a good way not to have a criminal record? Don't Don't do do a crime. The policy crafted by the mayor, city manager, and police chief is aimed at keeping people who lack the financial means to make bail out of jail if they are stopped for a minor traffic infraction. Well, I guess I'm, I'm not knowledgeable. Uh, are you, do we take people to jail for a minor traffic violation? Mm. Oh, hell, we turn people loose for smoking weed. I know that. Now uh, we're issuing citations for going 100 miles per hour instead of pulling their license and getting them off the road. Um, so, uh, you know, mm, good question. Many people of color, particularly black men, carry trauma from an experience, or many, when being pulled over by the police, said City Council Member Marquita Butler. This policy is important and needed to ensure we don't have any more deaths as a result of minor traffic infractions. The policy grew out of the Dante Wright and Kobe Dimock Heisler Community Safety and Violence Prevention Resolution that the City Council passed in May. The measure was passed after two black men were killed during encounters with police and calls grew for a new city department to oversee public safety, among other changes. So at at a micro level, they're doing what Minneapolis wants to do. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, but as opposed to Minneapolis, they actually have a plan here, and they're following through, whether that's good or bad. You know, that's for you to decide. Officers will still be allowed to make an arrest in cases of felony offenses or if an officer deems a suspect poses a threat to themselves, the public, or property. Only the citation policy went into effect Tuesday, and the city continues to work on implementing other aspects of the resolution. Those include using unarmed civilians to handle minor traffic violations. Bad idea. That's a bad idea. Reread that sentence. (laughs) Those include using unarmed civilians to handle minor traffic violations. Oh, my God. And create and the creation of an implementation committee composed of residents, including people who have been detained by Brooklyn Center Police, to review and make recommendations for future changes, as outlined in the resolution. It's almost as, as if you're describing the uh, premise to a, a Saturday Night Live bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An unarmed... Uh, what, what obligation do I have to answer... To a fellow citizen as, as a voice of authority. None. None whatsoever. What, what, what? 
What good can possibly come of that? And how would they be, what? Are they going to drive around in their own car and look for people with expired tags? Well, and not to mention, I guarantee if you poll the residents there, none of them want this. Just like the vast majority of Minneapolis residents don't want what Yes for Minneapolis is proposing. Well, there's 31,000 people in Brooklyn Center, and I wouldn't be surprised if a majority does favor this. Really? Well, they think they're going to get another free ticket, free pass. Before the measure passed, law enforcement had criticized the proposals pushed by Elliott, particularly using unarmed civilians to make traffic stops. <laughs> that is stuff. just the most laughable thing I've ever heard. This in indicates life. a city willing to learn from past mistakes and is committed to moving forward with evidence-based meaningful policies, said Munira Mohammed, a policy associate at the ACLU of Minnesota. The city council approved the creation of a project manager to head the Community Safety and Violence Prevention Implementation Committee. Wow. Elliot was hopeful an implementation committee could be assembled in the next couple of months and that more sweeping changes could be in place by next year, but that the timeline is being driven by our need to ensure there isn't another fatality. Uh, Tuesday's move was cheered by Brian Fullman of the Barbershops and Black Congregation Cooperative. I've never heard of that. No. He said the move will allow Brooklyn Center to set the tone for the rest of the state. It opens up a conversation. I'm tired of conversations. Here, I'll get that for you. It opens up a conversation on how we can have public safety. People, this isn't complicated. You have public safety when people have moral and ethical integrity and behave the way we're supposed to behave. That's how you have public safety. Kenny, you probably monitor uh, scanners way more than the rest of us combined. Isn't Brooklyn Center essentially turning into an extension of North Minneapolis as it relates to crime? Both of the Brooklyns, a lot of crime in both of the Brooklyns. Which is why, Chris, I think you're wrong. I think that people probably like this. You do. Wow. There are a couple of... Are you going to keep going here? I'll wait till you're done. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. It opens up a conversation on how we can have public safety. We know how to have public safety. Yep. It encourages the community to use their voice every step of the way and preserves the dignity and respect of every resident of Brooklyn Center. Police reform in the city of about 31,000 residents became a hot-button issue after the deaths of two black men. The city endured nights of protests and some vandalism in the wake of the police shooting of Dante Wright in April. The new policy comes as the city is down to 38 officers from 44 at the beginning of the year. Elliott said the citation policy is not final and changes are likely after data is collected. We are going to continue to evolve, he said. Uh, And before you begin, Kenny, I note this. Uh, Civil rights attorney says Brooklyn Center police reform proposals could be historic. Yeah, I I agree. They're historically stupid. (laughs) Following uh, Dante Wright's death, Brooklyn City leaders pledged major police reform. Starting Tuesday, police... Uh, People will no longer be arrested or detained for misdemeanors, but will be issued citations unless their behavior escalates into danger for themselves or others. Uh, Brooklyn Center Mayor Mike Elliott said Tuesday's change reflects the wishes, Chris, of Brooklyn Center residents. Wow. Wow. Uh, Minneapolis-based civil rights attorney Kenneth Udoabach 
told Five Eyewitness News the action taken Tuesday by Brooklyn Center is a good first step, but also said a lot more needs to be done in the arena of police reform. It's a good step, but it's a little step. But at least the city recognized that its citizens are in stress, Udo Buck said. There is no chance that all of those reforms will be implemented. But if they are, Brooklyn Center will be an outlier for the rest of the country, and it will be a test case, and it would be historic. I agree, sir. I, I agree. It's part of the whole process of us decriminalizing crime. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things stand out to me. The words escalate, de-escalate, and the mayor's word, um, quoting, um, our, uh, our need to ensure there isn't another fatality. In the case of Dante, which is just sad and just wrong and just awful, the police officers did not escalate that situation. They were doing their job. The man tried to flee. And he had a warrant out for his arrest. Unfortunately, this officer made a horrible, horrible mistake, and she admitted it right away, and she's about to pay the price for her mistake. Um, The same, well, I can't go into the George Floyd thing. I don't, you Let's know, not. It's, it, okay, I won't. But, but it's tempting to say that George escalated the situation. But like you, well, I shouldn't even. No, let's not even there. go there. But yeah. let me let me wrap up with this uh, civil rights uh, ACLU attorney, Udo Buck, his final thoughts. He told KSTP that in his opinion, the issue of citation instead of arrest for a misdemeanor is well-intentioned. But he said the real issue is what happens during any police stop with racial minorities. The real issue is what is the behavior of law enforcement when they encounter us, and particularly when the call is about mental health issues and about non-serious social issue calls. So uh, we have a prevailing attitude uh, in the mystery that everything's the fault of the police mm-hmm. and that these people uh, who are contending that they're being treated unfairly uh, believe, I don't know what they believe, they believe that their behavior should not be contested by the authority of law enforcement. And so you can imagine that they could they could interpret anything as a uh, as the police behaving in ways they don't approve of. Right. But the but the police could be behaving the way police do. Yeah. But that's no longer acceptable. When entire generations of people of color are being sold the idea that they're victimized by the police, you statistically, that's impossible to prove. And if statistically more people of color are stopped for a variety of reasons, it's because more people of color are not obeying the law. It seems like uh, statistics um, in the years 2020 and 2021 matter less and less. Mm -hmm. Facts and statistics numbers, they don't matter. What do you mean by that? Uh, well, just what Joe said. It's impossible to... Con- the statistics are so low on this that they're almost non-existent. But yet, this is our number one problem? Really? No, we're but, seeing it in Ramsey County. Now you're seeing it in Brooklyn Center, uh, which is what? Still part of Hennepin County, I would imagine? But we called this because it's going to continue to trickle outside... Of the, the major downtowns. We're seeing it right now. And it's going to continue to keep happening as long as these buffoons are in office. Well, what the left continues to do, and this is an example of it in my estimation, is make black people less than. We don't expect you to fix your taillight. 
Why therefore, would anybody, therefore, we're not going to stop you. Why would anybody want to be less than? It, Coffee Mosca is on. I this. was just going to mention her. Th- this is. Do you think she would go for this? No, of course not. Boy, I have so many people wanting me to have her as a weekly or monthly guest. I have to have I, a long talk I, with her. I, I I start de-escalating. Thank goodness it's been a while since I've seen the red lights in the mirror. But I start de-escalating mm-hmm. immediately. Windows go down. Yep. If it's at night, the lights go on, hands on are up flashers. at the wheel, the hands time. are up on the wheel. If I have to reach for insurance or registration or wallet, I tell them so. Mm-hmm. If they ask if I have a permit I, or a, a firearm, I answer either affirmative or negative and provide my, my proof that I can carry. Uh, I mean, that's just what we do. Kenny, that's, you're describing the last time I was stopped was the dum-dum run. And I, you know, I I hadn't had it insured, uh, licensed yet in my name because I was driving it back to Minnesota, and the officer came up, the the patrolman came to the side of the car, and I said, "Do you mind if I reach for my paperwork?" He looked at me almost stunned and said, "Thank you very much for asking. Yes, go ahead." You know yeah. what I mean? It was our even... job as citizens. Right. Back windows go down, lights go on. Flashers Ask permission. Go. Put on your flashers too. Don't start digging under your seat or your wallet or your console or your glove box. Don't do that. It's just flat out incompetence, is okay. what it is. Now, plug into that scenario that in Brooklyn Center, I don't know how they intend to do it, but you could very well have unarmed civilians making this stop. <laughs> what, what is that? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, it's, it's horrible. This is horrible. And you're we're going right to get push. Uh, we're going to get pushback on this, uh, and it's going to come from one of our friend of ours. Uh, friend of ours, you know that, right? I, I don't. I don't. No, the Reverend. You know, oh, he, oh. We, we part ways on this. Mm-hmm. The Reverend would isn't anti-cop. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, but why, why minor, oh, minor gotcha. yes. offensives, yeah, okay. um, tabs, lights, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, being pulled over for that. Uh, you know, and, and they say in Brooklyn Park they're just going to issue somewhere in here and issue a, um, a summons or a citation via mail. Meanwhile, okay. m- my question, I have to ask it, what if the trunk is loaded with firearms, straw, straw? how, how do they say it, straw buyer purchased firearms? Sounds like guns. you won't know that now. What if, uh, it, you know, he, you, you'd walk up in the car and it, it smells like Cheech and Chong? Uh, you know, there's all these what ifs, and you're right. We won't know it now. The, Do we ask what ifs or not? I, I can't remember the, what our policy the is. The implication also is that the police are the people who need to be monitored. It's the police who must now engage in what I would imagine would be extensive paperwork. They'll have to say. Well, we stopped Mr. Smith uh, because he didn't have tabs, and then he uh, he reached for a gun, at which point we restrained him and placed him under arrest. And now it sounds to me like they're going to have to justify that. They're going to have to say, well, we, you know, according to criminal code A, B, we, uh, we tried a few things, and that didn't seem to— they're going to have to create a, a, a homework assignment— that tells what steps they took prior to making the arrest. Well, what steps do you mean? Steps that should have prevented you from making the arrest? You stop a guy for something, he has a gun. What are you supposed what do I have to report to you about? 
Am I supposed to not? Am I supposed to ignore it and risk getting shot myself? Hell no. I, this is insanity, but we're seeing it. It's the 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 uh, the death of George Floyd has revolutionized and energized opposition to police mm-hmm. everywhere in the country. And in this Brooklyn Center case, the intimation is quite clear. It's the cops who we're watching, not the criminals. It's the cops who need watching. And with most things in life, they tend to be cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the good and the bad, the up and the down, the ebb and the flow. The problem I continue to see with this is the, the cat's out of the bag here. We're never going back to what we all viewed as quote-unquote normalcy in this regard. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, let me repeat this sentence. The policy also requires officers to attempt to de-escalate situations and try alternatives to avoid taking people into custody and to document in writing all efforts taken before placing a person under arrest. What does that mean? The assumption is that escalation is the fault of police. So therefore, it's their responsibility to de-escalate situations. They're not the escalators. If you yip back and act poorly uh, during a stop, you're escalating. I think what that means, Joe, is... The police chief's role oh, is God to help be... Me. <laughs> Sorry. Get that off there, that nutcase. Uh, yeah, well, there you have it, folks. I think it's the story of the day. Uh, it'll be noted around the country. Uh, I'm sure there are other plans similar to this around the country. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, and you can see the tall buildings from Brooklyn Center. Yeah. It's not that far away. Wouldn't it be easier, uh, because there are specific cases here that are causing all this to happen quickly, like that, wouldn't it be easier just to, you know, we're taking care of the cops that are bad, the mm-hmm. the, the, the uh, Chauvins, uh, the cop in the Brooklyn Center case, uh, she's, she's going to end up in prison. It's taken care of. Yes, Dante Wright's dead and shouldn't be. I understand that. But it's being handled. So wouldn't it be easier to weed out the bad cops than to try and overhaul a system that basically, you know, Holy would work crap, just fine. John, that, that is uh, way too uh, easy. No, well, yeah. seems, I, I can it seems so common, so common sense. It, I can it answer really you. does. I it can really answer does. you, John. Uh, a, yeah. that's, that's being done. But B, no one believes it's being done. Yeah. yeah that's the problem. Right, yeah. Yeah. The people cheering on this development in Brooklyn Center uh, really have a, a foundational idea that the police are the problem. What was the number I read? They're down officers, too. Not quite the extent that Minneapolis is. What was it? They're down to 38 from 44. 44, Thank you. Yeah, that's it. Does it make you wonder where you want to work? Every day. Does it? No, I'm kidding. Center Point (laughs) Office Park in Mendota Heights, a commercial office park. What an alternative. Uh, Eight-building campus in a rolling park-like setting. It's gorgeous. I've been there. Easy access to the airport. Easy access to highways 55, 62, 494, 35E. You you choose the right amount of space for your business. A, there are single stories. You don't have any elevator weights. B, parking's not a hassle. You park right in front of your own unit. Oh, they all have their own restrooms. They're all customizable so you can get exactly what you want. Each space has its own wave air 
iWave air purification system in the buildings, patios available for lunches, walking trails, bike trails, shade trees, and you are uh, not in the shadow of the tallest buildings. You're working in a really, really comfortable, comfortable situation. Locally owned, too. You're not writing a check to somebody in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, center point of Mendota Heights Commercial Office Park. For more information, visit escapetomendota.com. Hey, become a part of the Chill Boys family like the entire Garage Logic staff and also so many of you GLers right now that have made your purchase for maybe for yourself or for somebody else. It doesn't matter because they are the hands down most comfortable underwear you will ever own. I promise you. They have a wide variety. It's performance boxers, bamboo boxers, bamboo boxer briefs. It Just check out their website right now chillboys.com there you can place your order for the comfortable boxers or maybe you want a couple of cool t-shirts sunglasses whatever you want go online right now here's the coolest part if you have an order over 40 dollars, it ships fast and free in the united states yeah anywhere they're a local minnesota company and they are so happy to be part of the garage logic family they also have a really cool number of sale items that are going on right now so do like we did become a part of the Chill Boys family, whether you want the performance, the bamboo, it doesn't matter. You're going to really be happy with your purchase at Chill Boys Brand on Twitter. I don't walk a straight and narrow. I don't care if people stare yeah. or not. Yeah. Ugly. No, yeah. I don't try to get no criticizing. People try to change my mind. Nothing. So what? Come on. Nothing. You got nothing? Here's a man who's got nothing. Joe Sushere. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Sushere. So walk with me. This uh, Jeff Dayton. Jeff Dayton. He's got great pipes, man. We had on at the fair. Boy, I've gotten some disturbing news. Uh, It seems that uh, the United States Postal Service is out to convert me, uh, and I don't want to be converted. Uh, in what way? Well, it's going to take longer for them to deliver first-class mail that's traveling yeah. farther distances than it normally does. Uh, starting Friday, uh, first-class mail and periodicals like magazines, the, uh, new standard services will go into effect. Is this a staffing issue? Uh, w- while the Postal Service says most first-class mail and periodical mail will not be affected by the changes, items traveling farther distances are expected to take longer to deliver. Well, I don't know what that means. Does that mean I better be careful when I'm uh, sending in a uh, uh, a payment to U.S. Bank because it's in wherever they are, St. Louis or wherever? Is that? Oh yeah, that's a good point. And then yeah. how's that? How is that determined? I wonder. The UPS said first-class mail that would previously take three days to deliver could now take up to five days to land in your mailbox. Wow. However, first-class mail traveling within a three-hour drive between the original sender and recipient is still expected to take two days or less. So I guess they would look at my return address, and if I'm mailing a, a, a bill uh, to uh, XL Energy, it's still going to get there in two days because they would look at it and say, yeah, that's not a three-hour drive between this moron's house and XL Energy. Sure, sure. That makes okay. sense. But if I want to send a note well, it's, to a it's, friend, it's from the, go ahead, John. From the post office, not from your house. So if your post office is in St. Paul, yeah. it's three hours from there. So if I if I go and mail something in, I don't know, uh, Fargo-Moorhead, they 
do it from Fargo Moorhead, not from Andover, Minnesota. So from the post office, they wouldn't they wouldn't look at your return address. In other words, well, then maybe I, I maybe I'm not going to be t- that worried. So then you know yeah. because I, I I think I speak for many when I say because you know I always have to time it. Okay, paycheck's going to go in on Friday, so I can't That's mail I this. Thinking. I can't mail this check till Tuesday. <laughs> so do I have to go. I have to mail it Monday. Do what I do, Chris. Don't sign your check. So then they have to send it back, and then it takes, and you know, you know, they know you made an effort, but now you got to start all over. That way, they won't charge you a fee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at, at, at the same time, they're they're really warning uh, shoppers uh, for this upcoming Christmas season uh, to get your act together early, mm. uh, and there, you you could be paying uh, depending on what a package weighs, you could be paying seventy five cents to three dollars more than you did say yeah. last year well what will yeah. end up happening is amazon's going to end up buying the post office anyway and this is a <laughs> this is a covid related and uh, it's sure. combined with labor shortages at warehouses and trucking companies and that's leading to unprecedented delays that covid wreaked a real havoc on this world didn't it that's a limb you're standing on it's pretty sturdy i read today that there are five hundred thousand yeah. containers in the L, uh, long beach port Undelivered no, no, no. 500,000 containers. So if you're a guy who imports, uh, you know, Christmas lights from China, and that's your, you're betting on uh, your, about? your season, uh, depending on getting those to target and off the shelves, you're, you're sweating bullets because it's sitting over there in a pile somewhere in Long Beach. Wow. Either that or still bicycles? out to sea in a, she- sh- a ship. A sheep, a ship. Yeah. A ship. What if you uh, import bicycles? <laughs> well, you can have a reverse supply chain effect if oh. you if you. <laughs> Tim Bloom w- was expecting 200 Bintelli e-bikes for next spring. He got them two weeks ago. He said, "That's great, but I don't live in San Diego. <laughs> now what am I doing?" So until tomorrow, you get to EcoFund Motorsports, and in addition to their great low prices, you're getting another 10 percent off. That's a savings of 160 to 200 dollars per bike. You get your GL T-shirt. You get the friendly service. It's right there in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61, EcoFun Motorsports. They've had a supply chain problem in reverse, and you can take advantage of it. But the offer ends uh, tomorrow, September 30. In addition, great youth recreational equipment, scooters that turn urban errands into an adventure, Yamaha products, helmets, apparel, service. But uh, it's fortuitous in one way. He's got all that beautiful Bintelli stock. But, you know, guys who sell bikes don't really try to lay in a couple hundred before the snow flies. So uh, I, would, I would really take advantage of this through tomorrow at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here with a couple of questions for you. Are you noticing a decrease in the following, maybe strength, endurance, enjoyment of life, libido, or maybe it's just a lack of energy? Are you tired of feeling exhausted even after you eat dinner? I've got an answer for you. You need to call my friends at Everest Men's Health. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every single area important to a man's overall health, and that allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It does not matter where you find 
fall on the spectrum of men's health, the time is right now to come into Everest Men's Health and take the first steps toward realizing your best health possible. The great thing about Everest is their medical specialists look at the entire picture and they figure out what is causing these changes to you. They start with a full medical evaluation to check testosterone levels, important vitamin levels, blood levels, and overall body composition. And once they identify the deficiencies, such as low T or vitamin deficiencies, they create a personalized lifestyle program that can include testosterone replacement, medication management, vitamin and natural supplementation, and exercise prescription and nutritional guidance. Trust me, Everest is fantastic, and they provide a comfortable environment that is not intimidating like other medical clinics. They specialize in men's health, and they can be your doctor for all your health needs, and they will refer you to a specialist if needed. It's a wonderful environment and fantastic people. Go online right now to EverestMensHealth.com, and you can call today to schedule your $50 testosterone test at any one of their three locations in Woodbury, Plymouth, and now in Egan. And please let them know that you heard about them on the Garage Logic Podcast. Not working. You just played it. Not working. <laughs> Here's a man whose thing's not working. Well then. Here's John Height. I'd rather read a book. <laughs> Authorities, that that uh, should have been a State Fair t-shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Authorities in Minneapolis say two people were killed in separate shootings overnight, Tuesday into Wednesday. The first shooting happened in South Minneapolis around 9 p.m. A few hours after that, officers called to another shooting, this time on the city's north side. Police are investigating both shootings. No arrests have been made as of early Wednesday. Is that why... I I, uh, I made a, an error yesterday in posting the weekly scramble with myself and Mike Fratelloni, so I had to come back to the radio station around that time, and I did notice there was a ton of police activity when I uh, attempted eight, to go home. 8.45, 9 o'clock right yeah. there. So, okay, yeah, wow, and, and that explains it. Charges filed in 2019 against a man who was suspected in a 2016 shooting that killed a two-year-old boy in Minneapolis were dismissed Tuesday. According to court documents, a second-degree murder charge filed against 36-year-old Chris Welch was dismissed. Police said at the time that Welch and another man were shooting at each other near Penn and Lowry Avenues in Minneapolis. They said they thought one of Welch's bullets ended up hitting two-year-old Levante King Jason Jones, who was sitting in a vehicle at the time. The boy died. His sister was also hit by a bullet but survived. Prosecutors said they cannot move ahead with the trial because key witnesses are not cooperating with the state. Dear God. Head of County Attorney Mike Freeman said in a dismissal document, without these key witnesses, the state does not have any evidence to present at the trial to identify Welch as the person who committed that crime. So it doesn't even matter. I mean, if... Well, the, the gang loyalty must be extraordinary. No one's come forward to get the 200 grand. Yeah. To report who might have shot these three children. That's because they know if they do come forward, mm. they will be found out and probably taken care Either of. Either that or they're long gone. Yeah, there's that too. Uh, the St. Paul Police Department is investigating after skeletal remains were discovered in a small tin shed last week. Mm. Police say a man showed up at the department's headquarters to report he found a decomposed body inside a shed in his backyard. It's in the area of Oxford Street North and Central Avenue. Officers responded to the residence, discovered the remains. man told police he thought the deceased probably was his brother. His brother was homeless and uh, sometimes slept in the shed. 
He added he noticed a strong odor coming from the shed a couple of years ago, but believed it was an animal that got inside and died. He a advised couple authorities of years ago. This guy didn't mm-hmm. use the shed much, did he? Well, he told authorities he had not been in the shed for four years. Four years? What the hell did he have a shed for? Ramsey County Medical Examiner responded, said it was possible, oh, and it appeared. I know. He's not married, is he? I don't know. Well, obviously he's not, because if he was married, he'd be out there hiding every day. Yeah. Ramsey County Medical Examiner responded, said it was possible the remains had been there for several years. The medical examiner uh, working to uh, positively identify the body and determine the cause of death. Yeah, it might be my brother. Oh, when's the last time you saw him? Four or five years ago. Man who had an active arrest warrant what led authorities. Hell? What is going on? God <laughs> Almighty! <laughs> where where are we? I, I thought that may get some reaction from the crowd out there. Wow! Uh, a man, uh, you may have seen this oh, video. Oh, sorry, last sorry, night. sorry, John. I don't yeah, mean to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah, sure. Uh huh. Yeah. Of all of us four, um, whose brother is most likely to quit paying attention and not see him for about four years? <laughs> oh, that's easy. <laughs> that's easy. Yeah, me? point two. Let me Why point me? also. <laughs> Talk to my brothers a lot. <laughs> Where's Such? I don't know. He might be in the shed. Yeah. <laughs> might be Let in me, the shed. Let me quote Such from the old days at radio when Paul was out in the hallway. Somebody get my GD brother out of here. <laughs> hey, you remember when Rook had a per- woman living in his shed? No. Yes. No. Oh, really? yes. He had a homeless woman in his shed. You're about making ten this years. I'm not. About 10 years ago. Yes. Did he, he no, knew about it? No, or? no. He discovered, well, he, apparently she would go in there at night after when she thought the coast was clear and then sleep and then leave. And, and she was never, de- she wasn't detected for a while. But the minute she was detected, of course, he called the police. Yeah. Well, don't, You're don't, kidding now, me. No. Okay. Now, I have two sheds. Yep. Both are locked. You better check them. I, I lock them. Yeah. Well, don't doesn't everybody? Apparently not. Mine, uh, mine uh, is never locked, but it's undergoing some some renovations, uh, and included in that is a door that will actually lock. So maybe I'll lock it. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Uh, you might have seen this video last night. A man who had an active arrest warrant led authorities on a chase in Blaine has been identified. 59-year-old Andre Harrell of Minneapolis currently in custody in the Anoka County Jail. He's not yet been formally charged. It all began when a deputy responded to a report of a suspicious man watching children from a vehicle at Ham Lake after 6 p.m. last night. The man later identified as Harrell found to be wanted for criminal sexual conduct. He led deputies on a chase, which ended in a crash on Highway 65 just north of Highway 10. After investigators stopped the vehicle, they say Harrell armed himself with a knife. Authorities used what they described as less lethal tactics to disarm him. The sheriff's office and the state patrol are uh, continuing to investigate that whole matter. Did you see this video? Yes. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was an interesting chase, to say the least. A lawsuit filed late Monday lists nearly 200 Minnesota health care workers as plaintiffs over a pending requirement that workers be vaccinated against COVID-19 or run the risk of being unemployed. I told you guys this was coming. I'm a, when John's done with this story, I'm going to read you a sad email. 
Okay. The lawsuit, which only lists the plaintiffs as Mary Rowe and John Doe, has been filed against federal health officials and about 20 state health care providers that operate hospitals and clinics throughout the state. The workers are listed as such out of what they say is fear of employer retaliation or public harassment. The filing alleges the lack of alternatives to vaccination violates the rights of employees, including doctors, nurses, technicians, and respiratory therapists. Uh, this comes as several same initiative lawsuits have been filed across the country as the U.S. tries to curb the spread of the COVID-19 virus. We have a listener in Duluth, one of our GLers in Duluth, Patrick Wilmers writes, Joe, my wife Penny will work her last day at St. Luke's Hospital in Duluth today. They are terminating her for not getting the shot. She is not anti-vaccines. She just got her mandatory flu shot today at the hospital. They say that the unvaccinated could endanger patients. Well, in that case, so will the vaccinated. We now know that the vaccinated people carry a much higher viral load. How do you think COVID spread this summer? At her HR meeting, she told them she was willing to take a more conventional vaccine from Novavax that is in promising trials now and should be out in 2022. And he provided a link to that. They are trying to make her resign, but she won't. They also will not give her a termination letter. They don't want these employees to be able to collect unemployment. How nice. Work through the pandemic while others sit on their ass collecting, and now she's getting dumped. Got to love the system. Mm. Patrick and Duluth. Bingo. That's exactly. She's been fighting this for 19 months. She's been working on the front line. I said this yesterday. You're turning your back on the people that willingly put themselves in harm's way for over a year. This is such a freaking joke. One one final vaccine note, because I didn't want to talk vaccines today because I find it dreadful. This is from Bill Stein and Aiken. The difference between the COVID vaccine and other vaccines that are mandatory is the vaccines for polio, smallpox, measles, etc. confer lifetime immunity to the disease. Not so COVID and flu shots, as is witnessed by the now common breakthrough cases. It is now widely accepted that this disease escaped from the Wuhan lab after being enhanced for its infectious characteristics, most likely to be used as a bioweapon. Whether it was an innocent escape or purposeful act remains to be seen. We must look at who has benefited from its release. Good luck to all of us, Bill Stein. Well, we know the answer to that question, don't we? Not to rip Billy, not at all, but we know who's benefited the most. Governments. Big Pharma. Big Pharma. uh, Why? China. Why is that? Why is that investigation seemingly dragged to a halt? Yeah, Where are stopped, we with that? Pretty much. Yeah. I'd, I'd and, offer up a theory, but I don't want hate and, mail. And who who put the brakes on? Well, I, who I, are you going to get hate mail from, Chris? No, I just don't want to share that my thought on that publicly. A minor physical altercation happened at a Minnesota school board meeting Monday night concerning COVID-19. The incident happened at an Eastern Carver County school board meeting with the topic of a mask mandate being on the table. However, the altercation broke out possibly because of other reasons. Several people spoke about the district's mask policy that has just changed due to COVID cases rising steadily over the past several weeks, according to the district. It mandates masks for pre-kindergarten through sixth graders through the month of October and through October 15th for 7th through 12th graders, regardless of vaccination status. After one man spoke in favor of masks, a video shows an unmasked man roll his chair over and tell him he just lied to the school board. Someone on the board then said, you guys, let's continue to try to be respectful. We are all parents and we all have kids. About eight minutes after that, as a high school student spoke about her desire not to wear a mask, the man in the mask takes a picture. 
It's not clear if it was of the student or the man in the black T-shirt who had just confronted him, but it only took seconds for things to get out of control. Police had to break up the two, escorting one man out. Uh, Dr. Katie Peckle, a principal in residence with the U of M, said we wouldn't allow our students to behave in our schools the way we are seeing some adults behave at school board meetings. Eastern Carver County Schools calls the behavior unacceptable and says they will now increase police presence at meetings as a safety precaution. The people Department of Homeland People are losing their minds. And if they shut schools down, we will have complete anarchy. Mm-hmm. Can I expound on what you just said, Joe? Mm-hmm. Both sides... Both sides. Yes. Oh, I know. I know. And the rest of us are just caught in the middle here. Yeah. This is, God, this is just exhausting. The Department of Homeland Security stopped an evacuation flight from Kabul carrying more than 100 U.S. citizens and green card holders from landing in the U.S. this week. This, according to Reuters, the private charter plane was from Cam Air, which was organized by the nonprofit Project Dynamo. It arrived in Abu Dhabi on Tuesday. The plane carried 28 Americans, 83 green card holders, and six Afghans who were granted U.S. special immigration visas because they had worked for the U.S. government. 59 of the passengers were children, according to Project Dynamo. The plane was still in Abu Dhabi as of this morning. The group's founder, Brian Stern, told Reuters he initially planned to transfer the passengers to an Ethiopian Airlines plane for an onward flight to JFK in New York, a journey he said U.S. Customs and Border Protection had already cleared. But that would suddenly change to Dulles International Airport in Washington before Stern was told the plane wasn't allowed to arrive anywhere in the U.S. The Department of Homeland Security did not immediately respond to insiders' requests for comments. An anonymous Biden administration official told Reuters they were unfamiliar with the matter and that the documents needed to be verified before a plane is cleared to land, a process that they said usually takes some time. Uh, Joe, the story you talked about, about 500,000 containers are sitting on cargo ships off the Southern California coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, few are more frustrated about that backlog at the Port of Los Angeles and Long Beach than truck drivers in the chaos. They say a trucker shortage is not the problem. Instead, the port needs to speed up wait times and have more dock help ready to offload. Some are blaming outdated infrastructure, importers with nowhere to store the containers, and dock help not keeping up with demand. Gene Soroka is the executive director of the Port of L.A. He said he just started a new program called Accelerate Cargo L.A., and he's asking the Federal Reserve System to help uh, to step in and help. So over the last 10 years, the federal government and Congress have out-invested West, ports, uh, West Coast ports at a rate of 11 to 1. That's got to change. And with the infrastructure bill pending a vote in Congress this week, we need all eyes on Los Angeles. This is what 10 years of underinvestment looks like, according to Soroka. And he said we need to move forward. A couple of musician deaths. Uh, you, you clowns here, you may call them obscure, but both guys I've enjoyed for many decades. First, we've lost the commander. George Frayne IV, better known as Commander Cody, has passed away with a law after a long battle with cancer. Uh, Cody, you might remember his band, the Lost Planet Airmen, hit the charts in the 70s with covers of Hot Rod Lincoln and Beat Me Daddy Ate to the Bar, uh, Hot Rod Lincoln actually being a top 10 record for the band. He became a counterculture hero with songs like Lost in the Ozone and Down to Seeds and Stems Again. The band specialized in Western swing, honky-tonk music, rockabilly, and straight-ahead R&B that was uh, infused with rock and roll. He was born in Idaho in 1944, ended up in Michigan, and uh, that's where he put together the Lost Planet Airmen. He was 77 years old. What got him, John? Cancer. 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 And uh, Dr. He was not an yeah, obscure musician to me. 
Oh, good. Well, I'm glad oh, to hear me that. Me neither. I've heard it was one of my, Cody. Yeah. One yeah. of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Lonnie Smith, an NEA jazz master known for his wizardry on the Hammond B3 organ, died yesterday. He was 79 years old. He died uh, from pulmonary fibrosis, a form of lung disease. He was one of the most unique Hammond stylists who emerged from the golden era of 1960s jazz organ ensembles. Early in his career, he was lauded for his work in guitarist George Benson's first quartet, subsequently for his involvement with saxophonist Lou Donaldson's groups. Musically, he wove into otherworldly and soulful tapestry, grooving bass lines with stirring melodies and harmonies. Uh, by the 1990s, the groove-based acid jazz movement that broke out in England and in the U.S., helped revitalize his career hip-hop, rejuvenating the beat-driven jazz, sampling a lot of his records, and as a result, he was again in demand. His trios the past 30 years have enlisted some of jazz's finest guitarists, including Peter Bernstein, Richie Hart, Jimmy Ponder, and Melvin Sparks, among others. He was 79 years old. John, I uh, meant to tell you th this on uh, the Krabby Show, but I have a movie re recommendation, and it's not a very good movie, but it's fun to watch for the musicians in it. Uh, the movie is called Get Yourself a College Girl, uh, and it's along the veins of those beach movies we saw oh, sure. so much in the 60s. Uh, Marianne Mobley, in this case, is the star. Nancy Sinatra has a small role. But listen to this. The Dave Clark Five, um, uh, the Jimmy Smith Trio, the oh, Animals, nice. um, Stan Getz, the Bellboys, wow. and the Standells are all in this playing. Uh, so it's worth it just to see those yeah, bands. Again, it's called, it, and don't don't expect a uh, piece of cinema here. Uh, it, it, I'm gonna, it's a piece of crap, but the musicians make it a lot of fun. All right, I'll check it out. Do they perform on the beach? Do they perform on the beach? Uh, no, it's based in a college and then at uh, Sun Valley hmm. where they go skiing. Oh, cool. Are there any yeah. neat shots of the cars of that era? Uh, there are, but there's some very neat shots of uh, Marianne Mobley. I, I don't, I'm more interested in the cars of that era. Yeah, you just want to read a book. Again, yeah. it's called Get Yourself a College Girl. Mm -hmm. uh, today is National Coffee Day. Did you know that? I did know that. I uh, did not is, know that. This is held annually September 29th. Uh, two days later, uh, there's a lesser-known coffee festival with International Coffee Day. And Friday is also Pumpkin Spice Day. Oh, my God. According to the National Coffee Association's 2021 National Coffee Data Trends Report, uh, COVID-19 has driven more consumers to drink coffee at home. With 85% of coffee drinkers having at least one cup at home, that's up 8% in the last year and a half. Uh, lots of freebies today at various coffee joints, but uh, we'll let them buy advertising if they want the free pumpkin. Well, I'll let you in a little something. It, yeah. It, a pumpkin spice has no pumpkin in it. That was uh, remember I was uh, touting the uh, Care Eleven Verify section. Yes. You can go. Yes. There. Yes. Well, it says Verify, and uh, no uh, pumpkin spice has no pumpkin in it. I had a bit of a tirade on the weekly scramble because we now are becoming inundated with pumpkin spice IPAs. Yeah, That's nope. not for me. No. Nope. No. Nope. No. Nope. To the point where Mike discovered that uh, Bud Light apparently makes a uh, pumpkin spice seltzer now that's available. That doesn't Jeez. sound good to me. Yep. No. In Michigan, now uh, this this is tough. The body of 57-year-old Gregory Jarvis was found along a private beach along the Saginaw Bay Friday morning. An autopsy confirms he drowned. Uh, police uh, they discovered he had a winning lottery ticket in oh, his wallet. Oh come on! Now did they discover the wallet on his person? Yes. Yeah. So they. they well, why would no... he swim with his wallet? Well, he didn't swim. Uh, let me let me finish. Right, oh, I'm sorry. 
Jarvis tried to cash the ticket. Is Pat here today? Uh, Jarvis tried to cash the ticket before his death, but he didn't have a social security card that was in good shape. And in Michigan, to cash uh, your ticket, Why your lottery he ticket, with his wallet, he you did, must Joey. have a social he security drowned. card. Uh, Blue Water Inn owner Don Tulaski said he was a very nice guy. He was here every day. Jarvis was at the Blue Water Inn in Caseville, Michigan, right. September 13th. He was playing Club Kino, the add-on game, and he hit the jackpot. Yeah. Jackpot $45,000. Okay. An employee at the inn said uh, Greg's boss came into the bar the following Wednesday saying Greg hadn't shown up for work. Then on Friday morning, a resident along a private beach in Caseville called police saying a body had washed ashore near a boat. It was Greg's boat. Caseville Police Chief Greg, Kyle Rob- Greg is the guy with the lottery ticket? Gregory Jarvis, yes. Yeah. All right. Caseville Police Chief Kyle uh, Romzak said, we're thinking he was tying up his boat, slipped, fell, hit his head. Oh. That's where he ended up in the water. Oh. No foul play is expected. Yeah, my, my question's been answered then. He... He didn't intend to go swimming. He no, fell he was, in with his wallet. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's uh, fun. It's fun when the off-air Joe mistakenly ends up on the. Air. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough way to go, though, isn't it? You're, you're, you got the winning Especially ticket. When you got the ticket, and you uh, you caught well, the old melon. Minute. Wait a minute. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm very sad for his death. But who gets the ticket now? Well, I, I have that information oh, too for you. you. As a matter of fact, uh, Greg Jarvis's relatives now have the winning ticket, according. To police. Did you mention the amount, or did I miss forty-five thousand? Forty-five wow. grand. Wow. Forty-five grand. Yeah. I might have been too busy laughing at Joe's uh, <laughs> description. Sorry about that. Uh, another Michigan story: the search is on for a hot dog statue. Uh, that's uh, well, I'm not going to use the word they use, but let's just say everybody in Sheboygan, Michigan, knows it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The owner. I of bet they Rust- used the word iconic, didn't they? They did. Oh, yes. yes, they, they called sure it. They a- did. They called it a downtown Sheboygan icon. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> the owner of Rusty Dogs on North Main Street reported <laughs> someone removed the statue of the hot dog named Big Ween from in front of the business. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> Big Ween. Yeah, huh? it is. Big Ween. Big Ween. Yeah. Wow. A little intimidating, huh? It happened wow. between 7 and 9 Friday. The restaurant owner said a witness saw a man and a woman. I'm guessing Sheboygan's not very big if you can just do this on Main Street. It's an asshole. Seven and nine. Is it? Oh, wait. No, no, you're talking about Michigan. I'm sorry. Yeah, Sheboygan, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The restaurant owner said a witness saw saw a man and a woman loading the statue into a vehicle and another person recording the theft. The statue is worth about two grand and they're asking for it to be returned. Police are asking anyone with information on the theft. To please. Reds doesn't have them. anything you can steal except your heart. Except oh, your heart. <laughs> huh? You're not going to eat hot dogs. You're not eating hot dogs. You're going to Red Savoy Pizza, 16 locations. You're getting the greatest pizza in the world, plus a raffle ticket in each box so you can win prizes. But uh, added to the menu now is this uh, it's just taken the world by storm this adult mac and cheese. Uh, it's cooked like a hot dish, it's in its own tin boat. Chicken, bacon, mac, the regular mac and cheese, parmesan, mozzarella, and cheddar, Alfredo sauce that will steal your heart and put you into a comfort food coma. This is fantastic, fantastic food. And uh, GLers, you can download the Red Savoy app or visit SavoyPizza.com. Don't forget, you can go into any Red Savoy and get a single slice of pizza if you're in a hurry. But uh, it's soda style. It's the original off uh, 7th Street in St. Paul from years ago. 
And uh, right now, adult mac and cheese, don't confuse it with that orange stuff that you had to grow up with. This is the real deal. And uh, adult mac and cheese at Savoy's is taking the uh, food world by storm, John. Hey, uh, really quick, Kenny. Um yeah. Let's critique that segue that Joe had at the beginning of the Red Savoy ad. <laughs> yeah, Is that no. on par with or worse than when Rookie on the radio used to go, it's springtime? It's uh, <laughs> Kenny would rip Rookie to shreds every time he mentioned the season of the year. <laughs> Did you notice how after he said that, his pace, Joe's pace, picked up so we couldn't interrupt him? Right. That <laughs> was not by accident. He knew that he made a mistake. John, do you have it in your news that Enbridge is uh, thrilled to announce that uh, the Line 3 replacement project is completed and the line will come into service no. Friday? I didn't even see that. They're to be no. congratulated for all this stuff they put up with. This marks the full replacement of the 1,097-mile-long pipeline from Edmonton, Alberta to Superior, Wisconsin. With new state-of-the-art, thicker-walled pipe, its completion ensures a safe, reliable supply of North American crude oil to U.S. refineries, helping fuel the quality of life for millions of people and resulting in the likes of that Shell commercial that we have posted on our Oof. social media sites. Was eight huh. years of people working together, eight years, and uh, working all through the environmental, regulatory, and legal reviews. It's substantially complete, and it will soon deliver the low cost and reliable energy that people depend on every day. This is fantastic news, and uh, all the protesters now you can uh, fill up your school bus mm. with gas <laughs> that results from the likes of a pipeline, and you can find another project to complain about, yeah. Johnny. I was going to say, will they still be protesting, or will they, they move on? From I hope they one? move on. I want them to do one more just so the helicopter comes in again. That was that was a pretty cool <laughs> video to watch. They're still building the other one. Which one? Isn't there another line being built? No, not, a, not that I'm aware of. A Danish artist was given $84,000 by a museum to mm -hmm. use in a work of art. When he delivered the piece he was supposed to make, it was not as promised. Instead, the artist, Jens Honig, gave the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in Alberg, Denmark, two blank canvases and said they were titled, Take the Money and Run. <laughs> this guy's a genius. <laughs> Honig was asked to recreate two of his previous works, 2010's An Average Danish Annual Income and An Average Austrian Annual Income, first exhibited back in 2007. Both used actual cash to show the average incomes of the two countries, according to a news release from the artist. In addition to compensation for the work, Hanning was also given banknotes to use in the work, according to museum director Lasse Andersen. Their contract even stated the museum would give Hanning an additional 6,000 euros to update the work if needed. At the time the works were initially exhibited, the Danish piece highlighted the average income of about $37,800. The average Austrian salary at the time was $29,000. No word on uh, what the museum plans to do about all of this. Well, I think they've been windmilled. Yeah? You know, this BS that passes for art, I'm sh this this guy is a genius. This this is mm -hmm. this will be passed on. People stare at this. Oh, look at that. You see the texture. And he's got and the, the dough. Right. Took him six seconds to put that together. Yeah. <laughs> I wish Rook was here for this story because Rook uh, was a clown once, right? By the way, uh, yeah. I, I must have been thinking about the North Dakota pipeline, mm -hmm. obviously. Okay. Anyway, well, 
that's done, right? That's, that's uh, I think done. they backed out of it, didn't they? The Dakota? Oh, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah you're correct. Yes, yeah. you're correct. Uh, Rook was a clown one, so I wish he was here for this, uh, because uh, according Once. to... to <laughs> Well, good point. According to uh, folks, uh, especially David Duffy, who's the co-owner of da uh, Duffy's Surface, uh, Circus, they're having problems finding clowns in Northern Ireland. There's a clown shortage, in other words, in Northern Ireland. And David Duffy says there's a lot more to being a clown than just putting on a big red nose and a big baggy pair of oh, pants. Oh, that sure is. <laughs> how, would a, how would an Irish uh, clown sound? Just, I just told no, you. No. I just told you. <laughs> the COVID-19 pandemic has wow. caused a shortage of the performance. <laughs> we had an audio drop of a kid in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Uh, it was hilarious about how cold it was when he was going to school. I don't know if you could find that. I'm, so, I'm looking it up. Uh, and that, that's, that's exactly what a clown would sound like. He, would be, uh, he wouldn't be able to understand him. The kid was just hilarious. It was so cold, and he, and, and his accent was so thick. It was just charming and delightful. But that I was years ago. That. I can't expect you to find that at the drop of a hat. Uh, I don't know how those things get there saved. There was also the fellow who had the, was it a bat in the house, remember? Yes, and he, yes. He and, his, he and his brother were trying to get rid of it. Right. Oh, that was wonderful. Terribly fun. Thank you very much. No, no, that's, no, that's no, no okay. that's, that's not it. That's Darn not it. it. Why don't we just break and you look for that? Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yes. <laughs> this is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group, and this is a time of year we love in Minnesota. The leaves are changing colors, the kids are back in school, and the apples are ready to be picked. So what do apples and insurance have in common? When it comes to getting an insurance quote, many people want an apple-to-apples -apples comparison. We can't do that at Canopy. Here's why. The Canopy Group, we believe our clients deserve only the best insurance coverage for the best price. That's why we only offer our clients combined single limit coverage. Many captive carriers, meaning they only have one option, offered split limit coverage. That means they can change what they pay you for a claim depending on how it fits. The type of coverage leaves you open to gaps and on the hook at claim time. This doesn't sound good to us and it isn't good for you. At the Canopy Group, we're often able to increase coverage from split limit to combined limit, single limit coverage and save clients money. If you want an apples to apples comparison, be prepared. The Canopy Group's apples are much bigger and better than the competition. To make sure you're getting the best insurance, call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Cue the talent. Stand by. <laughs> this doesn't work. You just played something. I know, but it doesn't work now. All right. To hell with it then. Yeah. GLers, uh, we are excited to welcome our new partner, Mosaica Hard Surface, to the Garage Logic podcast. They specialize in the sourcing, supply, and installation of hard surface based materials, you know, such as granite, marble, quartz for your kitchen, bath, fireplace, bar, outdoor kitchen. Anywhere that you dream up, they can get it done and done right, but also under budget. Corey and Jay, they are the owners of Mosaica Hard Surface. There's a lot of people out there doing this, but they are the best. They've been around for over 20 years, and they do things the GOA, which means they only use the best materials. They custom cut every single thing in their state-of-the-art facility, and they also install everything themselves. Not everybody does that because Mosaica Hard Surface wants everything to be 
perfect. You can stop by their new showroom on Marshall Avenue in St. Paul or call Corey directly at 651-242-0894 or just visit them online at mosaicahardsurface.com. That's M-O-S-A-I-C-A hardsurface.com. You guys might recall this email. It was a request for a cylinder index ruling. We received this on August 3rd of this year, just, uh, what, almost two months ago. Joe, my college roommate, is flying out from Boston to Grand Forks, North Dakota, and we're taking a 4,000-mile road trip in my 1968 El Camino. We're stopping in Duluth, Detroit, Pittsburgh, the Outer Banks of North Carolina, Nashville, and then Bloomington to visit my sister before heading home. The question came up with my dad, whose cylinders are powering this trip? He bought the car. It's titled in my mom's name, but when the Chevy 283 it came with blew up, I bought a 350 and put it in. This is where we need the ruling. Who gets to claim those cylinders? Technically, they're my cylinders because it's my motor, but we wouldn't have the car if he didn't buy it, and the people at the DMV would argue it's whoever is on the title. If you rule in my favor, I'll swing by Hubbard on my way back. Kenny needs an American muscle sounder for those seafoam reeds, <laughs> keeping her between the ditches. Jim Goodman, a.k.a. the El Camino Cruiser. I think we ruled in his favor. He seems to have taken over all responsibility, okay. and he put a new engine in. I can't remember. I remember the story. I can't remember which way you ruled. And then this just came in late last night. Hail the Flashlight King. Mayor, I sent you, you. I sent you an email on August describing a road trip I'm taking with my buddy in a 1968 El Camino. The time has come, and the trip got longer. On Saturday, October 2nd, we're starting the venture. The El Camino is running like a top and has more pep than a crabby coffee shop brew now that it's been converted to electronic fuel injection. Over three weeks, we're going from Grand Forks, North Dakota, to Duluth, Pittsburgh, the Outer Banks, Nashville, New York City, Martha's Vineyard, Boston, Cleveland, Manitowoc, Bloomington, Minnesota, and finally back to Grand Forks. We're taking the Mackinac... Bridge in Michigan, seeing the Rolling Stones in Pittsburgh, deep sea fishing in North Carolina, on the way back home taking a ferry to Manitowoc, Wisconsin. All of this started because I work in the plumbing industry and thought it would be fun to drive to North Carolina to install some shower trim for a buddy. It snowballed quite a bit from that. <laughs> if any GLer wants to follow along with the trip, we'll be sharing photos daily on Instagram and Facebook using the hashtag Great American Road Trip. As we say in Garage Logic, good luck. I think we may need some keeping her between the ditches, Jim Goodman. That nice. is cool. That is cool. Off, and off Nothing they go. better than a great road and trip. Off man. they go. Well, I got Triumph buddies who are out there now on the uh, spine of the Rockies, driving old Triumphs down to. Uh, we still can't believe you Arizona. Didn't make that trip. Well, one of the, the 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 leader has had to turn around and come home. Why? Because his wife Ooh. fell and broke her wrist and oh, requires no. surgery. Oh, he's gonna have to pay for that one, Yikes. isn't he? These guys going on the road trip are both 26, and they were, uh, uh, that car was 26 years old when they were born. Okay, they're going to have a great time. If you guys are on Twitter, you need to, I think what we should do is institute this as a policy that Kenny came up with when I made it. Every time there's a GL road trip, it needs to be called the Dumb Dumb Run. Yeah. And then tag us on Twitter with that so we can, with photos. That, that's cool. I like following along with that no, stuff. No, don't, don't tag me, please. Oh, don't okay. tag me. <laughs> you, you As guys, a matter of fact, unfollow me if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> you guys really gave me grief that I didn't throw myself into that trip, but we would have had no show for two weeks. 
That would have been awesome. Oh my God! Yeah. He just made it worse for Kenny. And I Joe, wouldn't. You've... I wouldn't have taken a Triumph, so I would have been kind of illegitimate. I would have taken my Fiat 124 that I got from Chanel's Countryside. Ah, because I'd have fewer worries. That would be for sure. Gotcha. Right. Right. And I checked uh, Schmelz Countryside, Volkswagen, Fiat, and Alfa Romeo in Maplewood on the southeast quadrant of, uh, of uh, Highway 36 and 61 in Maplewood. They've been there forever. It's multi-generational, wonderful people, great dealership. I checked the inventory. They have healthy numbers of cars. Good. And that's really impossible to find these days. Zero percent for up to 36 months on all new Volkswagen vehicles with the exception of the ID4, but that includes the Taos, and there's a wonderful, wonderful variety of the Taos in stock. Uh, go to uh, uh, SchmelzVW.com to check that out. 0% for up to 72 months on Fiat's, and 0% for up to 48 months on Alfa Romeo models. Inventory is the key. There are Volkswagens on the lot, there are Fiat's on the lot, and there are Alfa Romeos on the lot at Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. Only mm-hmm. because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. On this day, on this day. Today. In 1964. You know what happened? 1964 what? today. St. Paul's first McDonald's opened on Fort Road. A hamburger wow. cost 15 cents. Wow. Is it still there? I was trying to place it. I'm trying to picture it. I mean, there are a couple on, uh, on, I know one for a fact on Fort Road. I don't know if that's what they're talking about. Okay. Yeah. And in 1983, I do not recall this case. James Jenkins and his son, Stephen Jenkins, now Stephen Jenkins Anderson, lure Ruthton Bankers, Rudy Blythe, and Toby Thulin to their 10-acre dairy farm, which had been repossessed by the Blythe's bank, and they killed them both. The murder spurred a nationwide manhunt, ending with Stephen Jenkins' surrender and James Jenkins' suicide in northern Texas. Stephen Jenkins, barely 18 years old at the time, professed his innocence but is convicted of the murders. 17 years later, he would admit in an interview that he had killed the bankers. I don't remember that. I'm sure What year was was that? 1983. Yeah, I remember that. I, I don't do. remember that case. I don't. I don't no. remember that case. St. Paul's no. first McDonald's restaurant opened on this day, September 29th, 1964, on Fort Road. 15 cent burgers. Hmm. <laughs> We're a long way from 15 yes, cent we are. burgers. Now oh, we get $15 an hour employees that that's work right. at that. That's right, because <laughs> you should be able to raise a family, buy a home, and have two automobiles God. working at McDonald's. Sound like you're 100 years old. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap this thing up. Thank you, GLers. <laughs> All right, Kenny, kick it up. Kick up that commercial to take yeah, us let's, out. Yeah, let's go on with that instead mm-hmm. of the regular podcast mm-hmm. uh, music close. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. He's going to go deaf. <laughs> Uh, GLers, do us a favor and subscribe to our Garage Logic YouTube channel where you will find a fresh episode of news from the Krabby Coffee Shop featuring Kenny, John, and Dawn. I'm going to listen to it. Also, a uh, fresh, correct episode of the Weekly Scramble with myself and Mike Fratelloni is also available for you there. But uh, that would be great if you could hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. And also, don't forget to download the PodMN app for your smart device. We'll catch you tomorrow after Kenny has watched this video another 713 times. And you too, GLers, can watch it on our site. Mm -hmm. Oh. 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 Oh.